Hello and welcome back to the On Mission podcast. I am your host, Kenny Jones. As always, joined by my co-host, friend, and pastor, Rick Nicely. Rick, how are you? I'm doing great, man. It's a beautiful evening. And then we are joined once again. We brought back Matt Johnson as our co-host for reasons that will become apparent shortly. What's up, Matt? You know, just hanging in there. Trying to mention out some schoolwork. Between two... There's like one firm and then like a small plant, I guess, is the setting there. Yeah. I I almost, you know, I heard that if you're going to help host a podcast, you had to have a bunch of books. So this yeah, was the, yeah. you know, it was a stack of leather, <laughs> leather bound mahoganies or, uh, you know, I tried to find something, uh, you know, on this, your level. That looks good, man. And then my better half is joining us tonight. Lindsay Joe. Lindsay, how are you? I'm super. We are, I will pass off control of the podcast uh, here in a minute, but we're going to start with our question of the day. And our question of the day is, who is someone famous you have met and what happened when you met them? So I'm going to pass it off to my beautiful wife, ladies first. Who is someone famous you have met and what happened? Well, I don't know if I met him, but um, we did a tour of the Capitol when our oldest, who's now almost 17, was a baby, and we were standing waiting for something. We were waiting to go into the Senate Armed Services uh, Committee. Okay, yeah, we in. wanted to tour something, and they wouldn't let us in. And um, so I was standing there with the baby in a stroller, and then uh, all of a sudden a group of people start walking out of this meeting, and then I look up, and Donald Rumsfeld is looking and talking to my baby. And I kind of internally screamed and panicked. So your and so your baby met him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He told me I had a cute baby, and I, and I don't think I said anything because I just like looked up and was like, uh, and I think that was the same day we also had Arnold Schwarzenegger walk in front yep, of us, right. and then and surprisingly, the he was like way shorter and smaller in person mm. than I guess I was used to him seeing envisioning as the Terminator. Yeah. So it was like all in the same day, I was very starstruck. Wow. All right, Matt, how about you? Well, you know, since this is an on-mission podcast and, you know, I'm your favorite elder, I figured right. I'd, right. I'd be the one to, you know, lay down a really, you know, godly answer you oh, know, to wow. this question. <laughs> so, you know, um, so actually, since we're talking about on-mission, when I was in Malaysia, on mission helping okay. orphans I, and you know doing all that i mean it was actually in, in being out food. it was a, it was a great trip we did a lot of uh evangelism uh we interacted with a lot of uh different faiths and uh malaysian culture is very uh diverse so i encourage anyone who wants to uh go please please do it it's a great country um no but when we were in the airport we were flying out of raleigh durham and it wasn't at Raleigh Durham, but they let us know that someone kind of big was going to be with us during our trip. So whenever you come in to a, uh, to a country and you're doing something with the IMB, they usually do a cult, uh, you know, country orientation. So you kind of know the lay of the land, what ministries they're really involved in, you know, what the missionaries are actually doing in the, uh, in the country. And so it was our team of about seven from my school. And then it was JD Greer and his family 
did like orientation with us and they actually like went around with us for the whole week. So it was kind of like, you know, we got to hang out with the uh, SBC president for a while. Nice. Um, but he, he was a good dude. I mean, it was, it was good to kind of interact with them, but you know, I would say it was, it was really cool to meet all the different missionaries that are, uh, you know, the unsung heroes more often in our, uh, in our, uh, denomination or that are on the front lines, uh, living on mission. So that was, that was also really cool for me. All right, Rick. Cool. Man, if I had not known you met JD, I, I would have called him and could have introduced you to him. So. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I mean, I next time we're together, that, next time we, we're around each other, I'll call him and see if you can talk to him. This is yeah, just man. turning into like name dropping. <laughs> it's all this. Well, so everybody, you know, everybody's been watching The Last Dance. You know, that's the other hot yeah. thing that's on yeah. the You know, yeah. you know uh, living, wanting to be like Mike. You know? That's right. Yeah, got it. So. Got it. Okay. So mine's not spiritual at all, but I will tell you who it is. Uh, so you, many years ago, I was working with Young Life. We also work with a Christian business organization, uh, really trying to reach Christians. Uh, I'm sorry, business people. We're trying to reach them uh, with the gospel. And so we partnered with them, um, and we brought in this uh, famous guy. His name was Tom Landry, who happened to be the former coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And so me and several guys uh, with the Young Life team were super excited because we're big Cowboy fans. And so we did this dessert social the night before. He was going to speak to all these, these business people the, the next day. And we were waiting and waiting. His, his plane was riding, arriving late, so we were delayed. And I remember just waiting and waiting. I had to go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom real quick because I wanted to see him as he came in the door. And all of a sudden, I hear the doors open in the bathroom, and I'm at the urinal. And um, all of a sudden, I turn and I see it's Tom Landry. <laughs> and I got so excited, I went to shake his hand. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not a good idea. So anyway, I panicked for a moment and washed my hands, went out. And then later, I introduced. So it was, it was a funny story. So That's awesome. Hmm. Yeah. I got to meet a couple uh, famous people when I was working on the Hill. I think the one that was um, most interesting, uh, I got to spend some time at the time with Secretary, I think he was a four-star general. He wasn't SecDef yet, but I met General Mattis. So I had, had served mm -hmm. for him before, but I never actually met him in person. And it was just myself, another staffer, and him in a room mm -hmm. waiting for the congressman to come in to, to meet with him. And you, he was who he is in the media. You know, he kind of said some some interesting things I, I wouldn't share, uh, but uh, nothing, nothing bad, but he was just speaking very, um, he's very outspoken. He was being very outspoken about the president and he was still in uniform at the time. So that was, yeah. that was pretty interesting seeing him in, in that environment. All right. So as I promised, I am going to pass off the podcast to Matt and Matt, you dun, are going to introduce our newest elder. Ooh. So I have the pleasure. So we have been doing uh, elder, uh, intros for the last couple of weeks and you know it would be you know obviously you've seen him in many different forms he's the announcement guy he's the instagram guy now but now you guys <laughs> will now know him by another name or another title uh and i know it's not colonel it is uh not yet El anyway well we'll get there but yeah uh elder kenny jones and uh so i have the privilege to just kind of introduce you guys to him. We'll get to hear a little bit of his story and uh, really about how God called him uh, to be a part of this fellowship, about part of our team and how God's using him. And uh, we'll learn a little bit about it. So um, how about this? How about we roll things back just a little bit? Because Kenny, you know, 
you're not, it's not new. You're not new to the area. Uh, you've only been coming to Lady Smith for, you know, soon to be River Rock for a little over almost a year now. Mm-hmm. But you really have been around the Fredericksburg uh, greater area. And you even went to Spotswood uh, on Lafayette for a while. Just give us maybe a little background, like why this area, what's kept coming, bringing you back because you're also in the military. And, you know, we know military families often travel a lot. Just what's been bringing you back to this area? Why? And uh, what's been keeping you around? Well, I'll talk about it briefly, and then, and then I'll pass it off to Lindsay, because these are always family decisions for us. We, I never make a decision on my own when it, when it comes to the Marine Corps. Uh, at various times, when there's been opportunities uh, in the Marine Corps or for us to come back, we, we talk about it, and obviously we pray about it, and God's been gracious to us to bring us back. We came here in 2003, and my mother was here helping us move into our house, which is over near Loyola Park at the time. And we called some old friends of ours. We heard we're serving at a church nearby, the Farmers. Uh, Mr. Farmer has since passed on, but at the time, he was the worship pastor. Actually, he led the, the orchestra. orchestra. And so we called him, and we literally that day, we went down to Spotswood Baptist Church, and we met uh, Gene Willis. And, and then a few days later, later, Jim Stone came to our house. And Jim, I, I've told this story before. Some people have heard it. We were... I think we had a newborn and we just weren't really expecting somebody to pop into the house. And he was just incredibly gracious. And as, as everyone who knows Jim Stone knows how he is. And he had a little trifle he pulled out and said, I think you guys ought to check out Jeff Smith's class. So full circle, here we are serving together as elders, but I'll let Lindsay talk about why we keep coming back to Fredericksburg. Well, there, I think there's several different reasons. A big part of it for, I know me personally and the girls is, uh, we, for almost 11 years, have been in classical conversations, our homeschooling group, and that was the very first community that we joined was in downtown Fredericksburg, and so for the girls, it's kind of home for them. They, being in the Marine Corps, you don't really get much of a sense, since Kenny and I both grew up in the Marine Corps, we knew that you don't get much of a sense of having a home, <laughs> when you have to move around all the time. So um, we have tried for the girls, for their sake, to kind of jump back and forth and try and have as much of somewhere that they can feel like can be home for them. And so for the girls, it is. I mean, our oldest is almost 17, and out of her 17 years, she's spent probably 10 of them here in Fredericksburg. So if you ask our girls where they're from or where home is, they'll tell you Fredericksburg, Virginia, no matter where they live. Um, so that's a lot of it is kind of our original homeschooling community is here that we just always move back here and jump back into. It's like we never left. Same thing with our church community. It's one of the only places where we can be gone for a year, two years, three years. And every single time we come back, it always feels like we never left. Uh, we just can kind of pick up where we left off and so I, I joined the Marine Corps in 1999, and then in 2003 we came here, and this is our fourth time back. So we were here from 2003 to 2007. Uh, so I, I, I mentioned in our first podcast I met Rick at a golf tournament. We came back in 2010. We were here to 2014. That's when I first started teaching a, a small group, and, and Rick and Michelle were in our small group. We came back for just a brief year, 2016 to 17, and then obviously last summer we came back to the area. But every time – uh, there's an opportunity and obviously God's ultimately in control, but if the Marine Corps gives me the opportunity, I'm looking to come to Quantico or DC. So I'm be back here. So the girls can be back home as they consider it. And we love our church family here. And now that church family is spots with Lady Smith, soon to be River Rock. Yeah. 
That's awesome. I mean, I, I've just heard countless stories. I know I mainly support the Air Force, but to see you guys, um, you know, I know there's a lot of things that are outside your guys' control, but to see you guys continue to kind of find a place to to, to put down roots in some form or fashion is uh, is really cool. Hey, Kenny, uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about uh, how you and Lindsay met. I don't know if that was before the Marine Corps or, or after you joined. So can you kind of un- unpack that a little for us? Sure. I, I'll, I will. I'm going to let Lindsay tell the story because often when I tell it, uh, I think maybe I tell it the way it benefits me. And so she likes to to make sure that uh, it's told in an accurate manner. I may embellish a little bit, maybe just to make it sound like uh, he makes me sound mean. Like no, he tells it, he makes me sound mean. I just mean. like it to sound. And I was in like the second grade. It's kind of rude. What, so we, we did never ever think that. Lindsay, <laughs> we we did meet when we were kids. Uh, we were. I I thought. I thought we were friends then. I certainly, uh, when I was a kid, had a crush on her when we were kids. We Sorry. were fam- my dog. My dog is keeps no trying worries. to get my attention. I apologize. Go ahead. We were we were famously in a musical together, and that was from about '85 to '92. She was my sister's best friend, but she would tell you that she didn't notice me when we were kids. She didn't really know I existed. It's true. Uh, yeah, but. But when he tells it, like I said, he's like, she didn't even know I was alive. And I'm like, that's just, I was in the second grade. Like, cut me yeah. a break. That's yeah, right. no. He, um, yeah, his sister, we're the same age. He and his sister, Christy, were the same age. And so she was my best friend through elementary school. And so I was at their house all the time, like sleepovers, um, the girls groups at our church. His mom held, like, functions all the time. Sundays after church, I would just go home until Sunday evening church. Yeah. I have no memory of Kenny whatsoever. <laughs> you're, just, you're just brother Kenny. Whatsoever, right. whatsoever. I mean, the, the memory I do have of him was, as he mentioned, is we were in a church musical together called Baba Bethlehem, and we were both sheep. We both had leads in the musical, oh. and I was Barbara. I was Duffy the Fluffy. And he was Duffy the Fluffy. I had a, I had a rocket So if you ever need spikes. to call him Duffy the Fluffy, you're oh. welcome to do so. Wow. Um, yeah. But, so I have that memory of him doing that musical and stuff with yeah. him. But, like, I don't have a, like, memory. So fast, but yeah. fast forward to 19, or I'm sorry, 2000. I come back to Camp Lejeune where we went to church together. And one of the guys in the church asked me to go help uh, help pick up Christmas trees in the mountains. I'm like, oh, that'll be fun. That's cool. I haven't been to the mountains of North Carolina for a long time. And we ended up staying with their parents. I didn't know that that was going to happen. Me recalling the fact that I had a crush on them when we were kids, I was interested to see, hey, uh, curious as to, you know, kind of like <laughs> John said, what, what does she look like? You know, what is she doing now? They're showing us some family pictures. And when I left their house, I was obviously, my interest was peaked. But I gave them my phone number, uh, my sister's phone number, so she, she could call my sister because they were friends. And she called, I think, my house. And my dad said, yeah, you can talk to Christy, but you should talk to Kenny. And she, she's like, I, I don't need to talk I'm to like, Kenny. I'm like, Kenny, why? I want to talk to Christy. Like- and, and, and so then she did talk to Christy, and Christy said, hey, you should talk to Kenny. And she was like, why do people keep telling me to talk to Kenny? And then she called me, and she realized why. Like, when she talked to me, once she got me on the phone, Right. Yeah. It's true. Then I was like, your 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 girlfriend voice turned on, and she knew that she. <laughs> no, I mean, funny story. You know how you know you know the saying Every... like you know tell God your plans and He's gonna laugh at you. Uh, but I literally my entire childhood, teenage years, college career said because my dad was a Marine and I grew up around Marines. 
I was like, I will never date a Marine. Like never, never. Yeah. It lasted well, you know what? like three days. So you know what you, you know what they say, you know, when a guy starts talking to his girl, it's like the voice comes on. That's like different than his normal voice. You know, he gets, you can almost, you can almost feel the lumps in his throat, you know, oh, oh, it's you can always hear him. Yeah. Maybe. I'm, I'm sure it was really sweet, but obviously. So, well, really fast. So we, we talked on the phone right around Christmas. We had our first date on new year's. We got engaged a month later. Uh, and we got married in September. So not quite as fast as some of the stories we've heard. <laughs> wow. But engaged after a month. We actually talked about getting married that first weekend. Well, in our in our defense, though, he was, we knew he was leaving to go on a seven-month deployment at the end of September. And so we had to make the decision, okay, do we want to get married before you leave on that deployment? Or do we wait until you get back? But then I'm going to have to, because I was graduating from college, I was like, then I'm going to have to find a job. And I was working at NBC at the time. And I was like, I can't get involved in television. And then like seven months later, be like, peace, I'm out. So, right. um, so we just, we had to make the decision to go, you know. And people said we rushed into it. To, here we are, here we almost, are almost 20 years later. 20 years later. It's working yeah. out so far. Awesome, there you man. go. Awesome. That's, that's awesome. So, so that's that's a great story. Um, I mean, you guys could tease me and Jess because we knew each other when we were little too. But um, so on the military thing, Kenny, mm -hmm. you know, want to kind of that that whole transition. I mean, obviously, Lindsay laid down a lot of different things when it was the crossroads of marrying you and the military career. Like when when did you know that you were called uh, to the military to serve and and then I'll, I'll follow that on afterwards. It's just, Lindsay, how did you, you know, you know, what was that lifestyle? You know, what were you thinking? Uh, so, Kenny, go, you go I, first. I really, yeah, I wanted nothing to do with the military when I was in high school. Uh, I, my family's from Texas. I, I loved visiting Texas, and I thought for sure I was going to go back to Texas and be a lawyer. But I, my cousin had been in, in the Corps of, Cadets at, at Corps of Cadets at Texas A&M, and so I figured I'd just give it a shot. I'd look into it. For me, that'd be fun to do. And, and I went there and I, I, that's the only school I applied to. And I got there and the military lifestyle fit me. My father had been in the Marine Corps for 25 years. Mm. He, he definitely did not push me into joining. Uh, but that, I was good at, I had a gift. I, I learned later, right? At the time, you didn't really understand these things. But clearly, I had a gift of leadership. Uh, I was able to lead my peers, lead those. Uh, later on, I was uh, in, in charge of folks. And then there was just it was a, it was one of those things you go you know what I am I'm I, I'm fit for this this is a, this is what God has called me to do and then I got into the Marine Corps I still kind of thought I was going to be a lawyer at some point in the Marine Corps but over time I think I think the thing that really for me showed me that that is where God had had, had, had called me to is I was thinking you often think about well look I'm not I'm not going to be a pastor uh, I, I don't really feel called to the mission field but at some point God made it apparent to me that the Marine Corps was my mission field. Mm. And that, that I could serve God in the Marine Corps through using that same gift that, that you know, God gives mm. us gifts that are, are used uh, in a spiritual perspective in terms of leading people at church, but as well as the military. And by living out Christ in the military, that's, that's my mission field. That's where I served him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my dad was a Marine, but it was, it was different. He did a criminal investigation. So he didn't, deploy he didn't do things like that he was gone for a little while in desert for desert storm in the early 90s that really was the only time i really remember him being gone 
so my perspective of the Marine Corps was a little different. When I got married, I hadn't been, had the experience with the military of having uh, the service member gone a lot. So that was, that was different and that was new. Um, but again, God knew that it would match us perfectly because I am extremely independent <laughs> to a fault almost. I pray about it a lot. Um, so it's been fine. I mean, sure, it's been tough, but because I am very independent and um, I don't have a problem taking care of things and <laughs> running things, and in my own right, I'm really good at bossing people around. Um, it <laughs> it works out well. It works out well. So um, yeah, it's been great, and absolutely, yeah. it is a mission field. It it definitely yeah. is a full team effort, especially when you get to the command side of it. He Kenny very much takes care of the Marines, and then as his spouse, I'm kind of looked at to take care of the family side of it. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's it's definitely um, once he started increasing in rank it became more of a team effort and right. it's been a lot of fun it, but it, it really has been a mission field you know people notice that we lead differently that um yeah. you know we have different energy from other people in the marine corps and yeah. our hearts and our service just are different well i can you know speak for a lot of people you know just to say thank you and you know and that's a really cool perspective too Lindsay, is just to see how serving in the military is is a team effort you know and to see you guys kind of both take up that call and just like a lot of times i ask people who are called to ministry and i'm sure rick can attest to this too is <laughs> people who are called to ministry it's a team effort you know Absolutely. there's no one-man show when it comes to to ministry so um with that rick why don't we you know i want to hear from you get you know uh what what about Kenny? Uh, obviously, Kenny mentioned that he knew you at, at, at a golf tournament, you know, or saw you there. Um, what about Kenny? What was your relationship with him? And what did you see in him when you knew you wanted to invite him to come, you know, partner with us at Ladysmith? And what was that like? What was going through your head with that? Yeah. So I, I met Kenny at that golf tournament. And uh, I think I chatted with him for a few minutes. He was on a much better team than I was. It was one of his stack teams that he had. But anyway, uh, he was involved in a group or maybe leading a group at that point. Um, I wasn't involved in that group that, that season. Several tours, he's been back here. Uh, I think it was either the second or third time around, Kenny. I can't remember. Second time we uh, came back. You guys second time you came yeah. back, yep. We had been a part of several groups. Um, sometimes it's a little tough uh, being uh, a pastor, if you're at that church, to be in a group because – they always call on you to pray. They, they always ask you to give input. And the first thing I told Kenny when I went into class, I'm like, look, dude, this is the deal. I'm here, but I'm just a person in the class. And uh, so anytime he would call me out to pray, I would always call him out. So, uh, but no, you know, one of the things I noticed right off the bat with uh, Kenny and Lindsay is one, they were clearly a team. I love Lindsay's sense of humor. And, uh, and like, Kenny, he, like uh, Kenny and me, we both married up, and we both married very strong ladies, which is awesome because they complement us uh, tremendously. So we're, we're very – that's one thing I'm, I'm very grateful for myself and as well as Kenny and really all our elders, to be honest. Uh, but Kenny did a great job in class. I never had really saw a guy who could really throw out questions, teach, 
but let it go for a little while, but then have the ability to bring it back in and kind of bring it all together. Um, and he was a great small group leader. And as we begin to build friendship and time together, our heart just really connected in lots of ways. Uh, obviously, we love the Cowboys, so that's one of the things we kind of love. God's team. We love, we love Jesus first, and then we love the Cowboys. Right? <laughs> and I'm, and I'm, thankful, I'm thankful that loving the Cowboys wasn't a requirement to become an elder. Yeah. That right. would not have been good for me. Yeah. Now, if you're a Redskin fan, that's a different story altogether. We had to um, write a separate, you know, a separate uh, deal, you know, yeah. to ex- just, be accepted. I'm just, I'm just, my wife's a big Redskin fan, so I always say before Christ, after Christ. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, no, and, and Kenny, as we built that friendship, we really just started sharing about a heart in ministry. And I know this last time he was, before he came back this last time, we, we dreamed a lot about similar to what me and you and Jono um, mm. uh, talked about with dreaming what a church plant would look like, uh, how would we lead it, you know, those type of things. So all those things began to build. And really, Kenny, I had shared with him that I may plant at some point, And he said, if, if that's the case, I'd love to be a part of that. And for me, mm-hmm. it was a natural for him to, be, to become an elder, one, because of the qualifications, two, he was a great leader. Um, and, you know, we talked about doing that as a team, husband and wife, and all those things were modeled. Um, and so I was excited about when Kenny came back, um, just the right time to on-ramp him into leadership. So him and several other guys have been working behind the scenes, uh, even yeah. before we announced them, obviously. But I'm very grateful for him and Lindsay joining our team. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things, uh, Rick, that you would always ask, you asked, I think, everybody, even at the beginning um, of our church plant, you know, one of the things we wanted to really nail down with folks that we were going to partner and covenant together was, yeah. you know, share a little bit about um, your testimony, you know, because there's, there's the, the functional aspect of, you know, being called to lead and, you know, be great at teaching. But, you know, first and foremost, it was kind of like, where is your, your faith at? And so right. to Kenny, and, um, you know, I was just going to throw it out to you. I know I've heard it, uh, you shared it at um, our Men of Valor Nights mm-hmm. and, um, you know, hearing a little bit of your testimony. Why don't you just uh, share with those that maybe haven't heard just a little bit of your testimony and, you know, how you came to faith in Christ. Yeah, I know I said last week that this is going to sound like I plagiarized Jono's testimony, but it's, uh, this is truly my testimony. I had it before I met Jono. But when I was a kid, I had that experience that a lot of folks have that grew up in the church where your parents are talking about your faith and they maybe have you go talk to the pastor. In our case, the pastor came to our house and he, you know, talked to us about uh, becoming a Christian. I don't remember that conversation. Nothing in my life changed in that conversation. Uh, when I was a kid, I was a kind of a small kid, and I got I got picked on as a kid, and so I, I did not uh, have a good attitude about that. And I, I lashed mm-hmm. out, and I was an angry kid. And then I get Bailey Smith came to Southwest High School in Jacksonville, North Carolina, and just like Jono, he was talking about the wheats and the tares, and I realized that. I had just been going to church and, and I was saying that I was a Christian, but there was no change in my heart. Nothing had changed in my life. And, and I was, I was in tears thinking that I had been faking that, that I was a believer when I really wasn't, that I hadn't actually made a change in my life. And so that night, you know, I, I asked God to, to, to take control and to, I don't want to be a fake anymore. And, 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 and it changed that night, my attitude. I, I, I started to love people. And I started to, mm, uh, mm. I started to to figure out a way that um, not to let those kinds of things bother me. And instead of 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 having an attitude about that, just loving people and being satisfied with the love of Christ, the the love of my church family, 
And so my life really changed then. And obviously, as any Christian, there, there's ups and downs in your life. There's challenges. There's yeah. times where you're farther away from Christ. There's times when you're closer to Christ. Uh, and like I said, for me, I think, I, I don't, I'm not saying this because we're on a, a, a Spotswood uh, at Ladysmith podcast, but coming to Spotswood is a big part of my growth and my sanctification as a believer. The relationships mm-hmm. I, I had with Jeff Smith and a guy named Scott Hine and Flip Cruz, uh, that accountability group learning to teach. I taught in Jeff Smith's class for the first time and my faith really grew. And I really started to see that, that not only was I a leader in the military, that God had called me to also lead in the church. And so that, that again, it sounds like I copied Jonah, but that truly was uh, when I really gave my life to Christ. Uh, that was in junior high at, at Southwest high school. And then o- over time, God has just has drawn me closer to him. And, and that's my, that's my testimony. Yeah. Awesome. How about how about you, Lindsay? Yeah, I also grew up, uh, fortunately, in a strong Christian home, and I was also around kindergarten when I gave my life to Christ. But I was very young. But I do feel like it was genuine, and I did follow it pretty well uh, throughout my life. But for me, I was in my early twenties, and it, it was the first couple of years that Kenny and I were married. And it was really hard um, because that was the first time that I had the realization that my faith or a lack of it was affecting someone else, that it wasn't just about me anymore. <laughs> and that was a huge wake up call for me because up until that point, I, I'm very much a rule follower and, <laughs> um, I mean, not that I didn't do things wrong. I absolutely did things wrong a lot. But um, for the most part, I did, um, you know, have that that conscience and the Holy Spirit lead me for for most of my life up until that point. Um, But really, that was the first time that it was thrown in my face, the first few years that Kenny and I were married, that, hmm, really, where is my faith? Because... Uh, my marriage isn't really showing the fruits of that. Um, and so for me, that really was a time for me where I had to rededicate my life and really come to grips with the fact that my faith wasn't where it needed to be, that my relationship with Christ wasn't as personal as I thought it was and where it should have been. And that was something that had to change or my life was not going to uh, biblically look like what it was supposed to look like. And so um, I was probably about 23 or 24 when that happened. Um, and so it's been pretty much, as he said, sanctification ever since then, just trying yeah. to surround ourselves with people that know more about the Bible and relationships and marriage and all of that than we do and learning from those people and um just learning from the word, what, what it is that we're supposed to be doing and how we're supposed to be living. Um, but that really yeah. was, that really was it for me was, uh, those first couple of years that we were married was really critical for me in my walk. Yeah, I know Jess and I have used the word sandpaper those first couple of years. <laughs> oh, it was horrible. Like, it was bad. Yeah. It was it's bad. like, it's like, it's like Jesus has got that, like, you know, real coarse grind uh, yeah. sandpaper, yeah. and it's just going to town uh, those yeah. first yeah. couple of years of marriage. So it's, it is really beautiful to see what he does through, through our marriages. Um, 
Hey, I, I want to just insert something real quick, if you don't mind. I, I want to say this. You know, one of the things, sitting back and listening to the stories of our elders and how yeah. they came to Christ and their mate and uh, just everything, I, I just want to highlight a couple of things. One, I really, truly believe our elders, um, they meet the requirements of an elder. But some of the things that stick out to me is the hospitality. Uh, and I'm, talk, I'm not talking about Southern hospitality, by the way. I'm talking about how you treat people. Um, how you interact with them. And Jesus says, you know, how you love people really says everything about how you love me uh, because how you treat people. And I, I can truly say our elders are hospitable. They're very hospitable people. They're also very teachable. And the scriptures describe that as humility. And don't mistake that with weakness because it's not the same. Mm -hmm. But it's mm -hmm. very true that our, our elders are teachable and they're humble uh, guys. And so and the third thing I would say is they're all incredible servants. And so this is true of Kenny. Uh, it's, it's true of Matt. It's true of our other elders that they truly are servants. So I just, again, I want to highlight that for our people. But that, to me, are things that speak volume to me as a leader um, in leading this team. So, Yeah. And, I'm, and that might exactly play into the, the answer that I, you know, I want to ask Kenny. This question is, you know, Rick got to say, hey, what did he see in you, sure. right? But um, the question is, is kind of, and you have touched on it, you know, we've talked on your yeah. gifting and how God's yeah. wired you and made you, but, you know, really, why eldership at soon-to-be River Rock Church? And why yeah. partner with, you know, some guy named Tricky Ricky? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think two, thing, two things. One is Lindsay and I have always felt a calling to, to help with church plants. We did it when Lynn Spotswood yeah. had a church plant at Cap City. We helped plant a church mm -hmm. in Okinawa. And so when we came back, and again, Rick and I had talked about this for a long time. And I'll tell you how, at least for Lindsay and I, how we really bonded with Michelle and Rick is they were real people, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. when, there's a, when there's a pastor, there's a kind of facade up and they're just, they're just perfect people. And, and, and you never, ever see, we got to see that they're real people, that they have struggles, that um, and it was such a blessing to us to see that they could be uh, themselves and be relatable. And we just started to bond over that. And, and we, we did, we shared time together. Uh, we, we, we've had many a time where we sat as, as two couples sharing our burdens, sharing the things that we're going through. We know that we love each other. We pray for each yeah. other. And so when we came back, uh, knowing that we wanted, we, we felt called to, to help with church mm -hmm. plans that of course we're going to go down there and, and, with Rick and Michelle and Jeff Smith. And I didn't know you at the time, but Jono and, and now, yeah. but, but, but my point is, I'm not saying to, to say, I, I don't want to lie and go, and because of you, Matt, because you know, I'd heard, but obviously you and I, I think have, have developed quite a friendship just in a short period sure. of time. And yeah. uh, we have a lot in common. And, and so, and I wanted to drop some dope beats too. Yeah. But, but, it, really, but it really, it really was just a, a, call, a calling to serve at a, uh, at a church plant. And then, to be able to do it with my brother Rick and, and Michelle, mm -hmm. we love them so much and we love their, their, their servant's heart. And we were just excited about being part of the ministry down at Caroline. All right. That is all the time we have for our podcast tonight. Thank you to our first time host, Matt Johnson. Great job, Matt. Yeah, Woo! yeah you did a good job. Uh, we're excited. We're going to bring job. you back. We're bringing you back in two weeks when we start our partnership series. Join us next week when Ricky and I will be joined by Jono. We're going to talk about COVID-19 in the church. And then a couple weeks, we're going to talk about where we are with autonomy. What, what are the steps we've taken to get us to this point? 
And then what are the steps we have left to get us to autonomy when we become River Rock Church Caroline in August. So hope to see you then. As always, thank you to Pete. Matt, good night. See you in a couple weeks. Rick, see you soon. See you guys. Good night, guys.